you're listening to Tom and Jack from the personally acclaimed Tom and Jack podcast. <laughs> we did a short film. We did. Called The Japanese House Cafe. Indeed. In which Tom and I play two brothers. Those mm-hmm. brothers are pretentious. Yes. They are in a band. Deluded. Yes. And they set up a band. They set up a band based on my character's affinity with Japanese culture. It's making me laugh already. (laughs) Um, Were we putting out for any awards? Um, I don't know. I'll see if there's like a kids one, like that episode of Only Fools and Horses where Rodney wins a holiday. Ugh. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Pony. <laughs> what about that. the one where Rodney writes a film? Great. No, because that was one of the last ones when it was really, really bad. Unbelievably bad. So bad. Anyway, we've gone off track already. Um, There's a fire alarm. Yeah, so you'll get the occasional beep. Um, yes, yeah, so we play two brothers who are in a band. One is obsessed with Japan, the other one isn't. Um, the other one is obsessed with thatching. I mean, I, I don't really know where to begin with this, but we just thought we'd talk about it because it's taken up so much of our lives. Yeah, it would be a shame to not do some sort of post-analysis yeah, of it. And also people might think it's racist. so Possibly. So we <laughs> want to clear the air there in case um, this needs to be used in trial. I like uh, this because this is like, I'm imagining I'm Piers Morgan and you're on Life Stories. But I'm also on Life Stories as well. Well, I thought this would be more like sort of director's cut kind of thing with Alex Zane. Oh yeah, please. Like when um Director's Uncut. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Zane. Oh, who's like his agent? Jessica Alba goes on to talk about Rise of the Silver Surfer or whatever it's called. Yeah, Fantastic Four Two, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Um Good film. Right, we... okay. Do you want me to tell you how it began? Because I've actually thought because really? unlike you, this wasn't sprung on me. I it's... don't I'm <clears throat> This started when we wrote a script for the BBC. Well, for a BBC competition. (laughs) We weren't asked. We (laughs) make that perfectly clear. We nailed a piece of script to the front of BBC headquarters. No, so we wrote a script. It was like a sketch show or something. Um, It didn't even have a title. It didn't have a title. It was untitled. Um, It was just about random people. Blah, blah. It was okay. Anyway, we finished that. We started writing a script thing, a, uh, a sketch thing about YouTube. Mm. Do you remember that? And we were storyboarding ideas. And I think, and you're going to get annoyed at this, I came up with the initial thing because I wrote a monologue about some knob in an indie band. You did? It was just really pretentious and stuff. And I'd, I think it all came because I thought up the name of a song, which was called Beggars Believe, <laughs> which I'm really annoyed didn't actually make it in the thing. Here we um, go. So we're three and a half minutes in. How many more minutes of this is there going to be? I don't know. So I came up with this. No, I'm just I I thought... in the beginning. <laughs> you keep interrupting me. Oop. Right, so I came up with that. Blah, blah, blah. And then you, I completely hold my hands up, came up with the rest of the conceit, which was... I don't know. I think you came up with the name first, did you? And we only yeah, found out afterwards. after that there is actually a small indie band called the ja- called Japanese House. <laughs> so the most stupid thing we could come up with. I don't know if it's the Japanese House or Japanese House. Well, I'll sue them into fucking oblivion. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So as if by magic they exist. Mm. 
I might, it might have been that I'd actually seen that and somehow it had just yeah. like infiltrated into it's my subconscious. I don't know, but it was stra- strange regardless. Mm. And then... Um, I think we just, a long time later, here we are. Hell yeah, we... we I don't know how long it... I think we. it took us a long time to finish the sort of narrative stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it all, well, made as much sense as the thing that you've hopefully just watched. Um, yeah, God, that took a long time. If we'd have had a functioning computer, the post-production would have been a lot smoother. Yeah, yeah. I, it took Tom a long time. People, never, ever film in HD to start with. Don't try and use iMovie 09 when it's 2017. If you're using like a desktop brand new Mac with a massive hard drive, yeah, yeah. film in HD to your heart's content. That's fine. Don't, if yours is if swimming you've got... with porno Trojan worms. Yeah. And you're <laughs> Honestly. More worms than a dead man's bottom. When I was first editing that, it would be like I'd drag a clip and then it would pinwheel. Mm. And then it would place it. And it would pin with again. I don't know how I did it actually. It took so long. Those horrible childhood memories of Mm. having a pinwheel on the beach coming (laughs) back to you. Um, Anyway, so we wrote that. We didn't really write a script as such, did we? No, we very much wrote the shell of a script. And then... We took the uh, Larry David approach. Yeah. Not that either of us are any way theatrically inclined. Or trained. Yeah. I very much I've got an A level in theatre and that's about as far as it stretches. Um I played myself, but if I was in a band I played You were good. You did some actual real acting, I think. I played a posh lad. Yeah. So well, it was normally about sort of knobby indie bands from Oxfordshire and that sort of thing. Like Foles, Slaves. Well, we'll come on to them. I've got a whole paragraph on them. Mm. Um from Fo- there's an actual quote from Foles in it the bit about the dream of an eagle dying which is what they said about their second album yeah Yanis from the band the front man mm. actually came out with that from his actual human mouth so so we stole that because it's just too good to pass up most of the more ridiculous bits are actually taken from reality mm. so the whole Japanese thing once we built on that came, the bloke from Weezer Rivers Krumo or yeah. Como, he was so obsessed with John Lennon that he married a Japanese woman, which I think is weird. Which it shouldn't th- infiltrate <laughs> no, your personal decisions like that. <laughs> which I thought about a lot when we were thinking about your character, because I just think that's mental. Yeah. And we also thought it'd be... It's a, I suppose it's sort of about cultural appropriation as well. It is, yeah. Sort of. So sort of Iggy Azalea and that sort of thing. Mm. They're happy to, to take the iconography of stuff, but not do the research. Yeah, so a lot of <laughs> misrepresentation and a lot of people thinking that they can take value from other cultures mm. when really they don't truly understand mm. any of it. Not that I mean, me and Tom as actual human beings don't understand an awful lot about Japanese culture. But, but that's we would, partly why we chose that's, Japan, I think. Yeah, because it, it was, <laughs> as awful as it sounds, it was really easy to be misinformed about it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Which may. <laughs> So to put that in a fictional construct was actually quite easy. Yeah, it really was, yeah. And then we sort of... We also chucked in some Japanese, um, some Chinese rather memorabilia and stuff. So I am aware of that. That was part of the joke. Yeah, the cat, the cat, we are aware that that's not a Japanese historical artifact on any level. We know that. If you see anything racist... Or the egg box, or the lantern. Anything racist was part of the joke. 
Yes, we were aware that actually, other than probably. the flag, other than the flag and the fact that I was eating sushi once, which probably comes from, I, I don't even know where Tesco. Or I don't know where Tesco get their sushi from. Yeah. But I, brother, it probably ain't off the coast <laughs> of Tokyo. Um, um, there's also yeah. bits we took from. Uh, there's a bit where I say talk talk got thrown in with all the shit from that era, but they're actually really great. Which is a thing a bloke from Enter Shikari said. Yeah. Which I think is stuff like that when people go, they reference music that they like. Like there's never an interview where someone goes, "Oh, I actually really like Britney Spears," even yeah. if they're a pop star. Yeah. They always have to say something and add value to it to go. Actually, it is really good. What you don't understand about boys to men yeah. is they're on a different. Uh, yeah, people can't. People, especially musicians. It seems the way that when they get interviewed, they can't just express an interest or like in something. It has to be, there's always a sort of snobbery about it. Yeah. There's always, my opinion is better than yours. And that's where a lot of the sort of pretension stuff came from it mm. in this. Weirdly, the 1975, I didn't have a lot of knowledge before mm. or when we were even filming it about them. Yeah. But I kind of let him off because he admits he's pretentious. Yeah. Which I think sort of gives you a bit of a pass. Yeah, it's kind of, it's almost like a paradox, isn't it? Because you could never really call him out for it. Yeah, because he knows he is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you get people going, oh, where people get called rude, and they're like, I'm not rude, I just call a spade a spade. Really? You're a cock, that's why no one likes you. <laughs> Um, they're my, they're possibly my <laughs> least favourite kind of people. I just say things um, how it is, and if you don't like it, that's your problem. No, it's not my problem. It's your problem. That's why you live alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what else was I going to talk about with this? Um, yeah. So the improv, I think that's part, mostly the bits I'm most proud of. I think. I think there's quite a lot of bits that make me laugh still, even though I've seen them eight hundred times now. Um, but some of the improv I think is good and it actually gives it a naturalism mm. even though we're talking about mental stuff I think your character definitely adds a really essential layer to it mm. because I don't think it would have made sense for it to have just been about my character because I think it would have been a lot more hollow because you don't I like that there's that it's not just we're not just friends either in it the f I think the fact yeah. that we're brothers no yeah it, I think true, it's yeah. believable no I think and I also think it adds a certain dynamic to it that sorry my cat's trying to get in the door I think oh, crap. Um, <laughs> no I agree with you because I don't they wouldn't be in a band I think they would have fallen out a long time before yeah. and they certainly wouldn't have got back together yeah. Apart from that, probably think, like I always found that weird about the Gallaghers, even though it obviously isn't relevant anymore. Um, and I, what I also like is your accent. I think we sort of flipped the thing of posh people pretending to be working class. Yeah. Whereas you're <laughs> not working class, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You're putting on a posh accent where my voice is my actual voice because I can't yeah. do voices. So, but then you both obviously grew up in the same house and stuff. So there's obviously someone is being disingenuous there. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd think it's the bloke wearing the kimono. Probably. <laughs> the bloke um, chatting the most shit. Uh, all the mental costumes Jack went out and bought. All of mine are um, 
my own You clothes. bought the kimono. Sorry, yeah, I bought the kimono. Credit where credit's due there. But what I'm saying is you like the weird shirts and stuff. You went and bought them mm. to look like a twat, whereas I just went upstairs. Plucked it from your wardrobe. I went upstairs, shut my eyes and grabbed something <laughs> and came down where... I look like I've been kicked through a jumble sale. That's my actual. I've always my taste in my sense of fashion has always been very dull. Well, I think that was a, another thing we tried to get across. Just to sort of just why do people think they can dress like that? Just yeah. because they're famous, like ugh, mental. Um, what else was I going to say? The thatching thing came that came from a real place. I can't remember who it was, but there was some musician who said I who just like one hit wonder in the 80s or something and they just a documentary crew went to find him and he was thatching roofs and he said he'd <laughs> rather be thatching roofs than making records I think it was oh, okay. David Copperfield or someone like that I can't remember exactly but that yeah I don't, we just thought I don't know we just found thatching funny didn't we yeah it is innately funny cause if you didn't that's fine yeah that's fine but we, we didn't find any of it funny that's yeah, fine we, this, it, that's fine. we really did do this for us <laughs> yeah yeah, no, we did find it inherently funny. Um, uh, I yeah. uh, it's just so ridiculously yeah. antiquated, and that I can't believe people still do it. Then how can people make money? There must be businesses that run on thatching, which mm. is mad. I also painted that painting actually for by real. hand. Which that's probably a good time to start talking about slaves. Yes. So there's a two-piece band from. I don't even know where they. Are. I think they're from Kent or something. Yeah, I was and he talks like he's a like a sort of cockney wide boy hmm. anyway there was this BBC uh, Radio 1 online documentary thing short documentary BBC 3 online yeah sorry no yeah. I think it was just Radio 1 generally okay. it was like Radio 1 meets slaves or something or goes on tour with slaves uh, it's apart from Spinal Tap it's the funniest music related thing I've ever seen because they absurd. are just—they are the two most ludicrous people I've ever come across. Not in an enjoyable way. No, no, no. So the the one who plays drums, you go to his house, and he, like I say, talks like he's Cockney White Boy, and he's got this palatial house, hmm. which he hasn't earned because no one makes money from music anymore, <laughs> and because his parents live there. Uh, so he's an idiot, but it's really the other tit when they go yeah. to his house. <laughs> And he's the and they go into his room and they show the and he just shows his art and he draws all the album artwork which is where we got that stuff. From. And it's like kind of teenager goth emo kind of angst art, but sort of done in like a pop art weird style yeah. where it's just like he's done it on paint. It's really quite embarrassing. Yeah, and there's just weird like pictures of Mike Tyson and stuff. And from the Tokyo Drifting cover, R.I.P. Dreams on a tombstone came directly from that. We can't claim to like the doodles of a troubled child on a maths textbook. Just mental, and it's just him going, "Yeah, this is one that I drew for a thing," uh, and that's largely where me doing exactly the same thing came yeah. from. So yeah, if you get a chance to watch that documentary, and I even stole the cuts with the camcorder thing, that was mm. taken from that thing as well. Yeah, really shoddily done, really just bizarre little insight into the lives of people who I mean you probably haven't heard of slaves oh there is do you remember that great bit I think it's from that and they're going uh, so our next single's called Debbie where's your car it's hmm. about um, we went on a night out this girl called Debbie and we went back to the car park the night out couldn't we find couldn't, it couldn't find her car we went to so Debbie, we said Debbie where's, where's your, your car? car 
just a roof up. Write a song about it. Tell me where's your car. Mental. I mean, (laughs) it's sort of beyond parody, although we have tried. But we did try to parody it. Um, I suppose it's sort of about little documentary crew people as well like that. They just come and they they have to put some weird sort of elaborate style on something. They can't just film it and just do it and just have nice shots and stuff. No, there's got to be some sort of whiz-bang wanker in Adobe. Yeah. Stupid shit. Which was me. Which was Tom. Although I did it in Final Cut Pro. You really took that role into your stride. Fucking I don't know how people edit actual films it must be fucking impossible yeah because that was half an hour i only cut out about 15 minutes i think at the end and that was most of us laughing but it's just fucking hell <laughs> oh god i mean oh yeah um the music video as well at the end i apologize because that was going to be much longer and we spent almost an entire day filming around at a um peace pagoda a peace pagoda yeah Pagoda, Pug- yeah, Pagoda. Um, it's all foreign to me. <laughs> and uh, we, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> no, but we just kind of went and did it. God love Hannah, your girlfriend, because she took all the shots and stuff. And went, yeah, that's fine. And I put together about eight seconds of it. Yeah, but that's really difficult. That was the hardest bit to make look real, because mm. it would have been. There's no point just doing it shit and having it really bad because that's not funny. Mm. It's just got it's got to be mildly good and just stupid. Yeah, yeah. Credit to her. Any anything that you see with both of us yeah. on camera, she filmed it mm. and she really didn't have to put herself through that. I remember that <laughs> thing. You know the the <laughs> door opening bit. Yes. So how each day starts. The second day. Do you remember? She had, obviously we had to shut her out, yeah. and um, I was down here, and you were up there to open the door, and then those two people just came behind <laughs> when she was filming. I went, "Oh, she's filming, isn't she?" Oh, okay. And then he went, "Do you know which one's number fifty-six or something?" Mad. Great. I yeah. think I might Lots see if I can put that in the outtakes. I can be bothered. <laughs> oh. Hello, dear. Yeah. yeah, and then when we were trying to film the music video, we were trying to do a sort of silly stop motion thing of us walking down <laughs> yeah. some steps. I didn't even bother trying to do that. Some bloke, it was a long path to those steps, and he must have seen that we were yeah. filming. Well, Hannah had he a tripod. It wasn't like she was just, like, you wouldn't mm. have been able to see from behind. And he just walked right in front of the camera and stopped. And mm. was like, oh, oh sorry, you, you film, oh, sorry. Yeah. And then kept walking. Never mind, you've ruined it now. Yeah, great. Oh. So um, yeah, we'll be filming on a set <laughs> after that. I'm never doing anything that long again till no. we can hire a film crew. No, I think our next project will probably be something to do with vloggers. Yes, yeah, we got, are quite obsessed with it. This is where this sort of originally came from, and somehow spiraled out of control into the monster you've just seen. <laughs> um, yeah. Fuck! It was difficult, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think we've I think we've learned a lot from it. The actual filming was easy, wasn't it? We filmed the whole thing. A couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> really didn't take too long to film it. No. If we'd have, we're if, that good. If we'd have had the time to have literally just taken two or three days back to back, we could have done the yeah, entire that's the thing problem, very easily. Work full time um, jobs, isn't it? and it, then it was just cutting it together. Yeah. But I'm really happy with it. I'm really pleased with it. I mean, you can tell it's not professional, but 
I think considering I personally I think it's actually funny and if yeah. that makes me a wanker so be it <laughs> yeah uh, I, you were good in it though weren't no, you you were good too mate you I just good. I don't have an awful lot of faith in the current state of comedy really don't say that I don't I've got a a degree no I'll be in it soon exactly you're going to be changing the the way things are done Um, but I just uh, I I think a lot of that is inspired by not necessarily directly in terms of any of the dialogue but I think we are inherently inspired by a lot of comedy that we loved growing up yeah I suppose um which none of nothing my point being nothing contemporary inspires me to want to do something like that Nathan for you maybe yeah but that's but I know what you mean there's no I do know what you mean because I would say the three biggest influences on this uh, this is Spinal Tap obviously the UK office yeah and I'm Alan Partridge series one and two yeah probably Uh, yeah I'm kind of getting sick of mockumentaries personally I so am as well. Here's uh, another one, but yeah. no, I think it's been so overused. But if you've only got one camera and it's a phone and there's only two of you, you don't even have anyone to film for you for most of the time. Uh, it's the only way you could do it, and yeah. it's easy to get points and characterizations and stuff across if someone just speaks to a camera. Yeah, and we, we you know, it, it's difficult for us to be so inspired by mockumentaries to then just completely pull away from it and not have I a know, go ourselves. Yeah, I know. And I'm really glad that we did have a go ourselves and that we've tested that formula. Well, I and think... I think I think now we will be moving on. Vloggers makes a lot of sense in terms of it being two of us and one camera. Yes. And then being able to do something different. But also, in a way, that YouTube thing is the new mockumentary. Do you know what I mean? Because it's mm. the same sort of filter, but rather than what you want to show the camera, it's what you want to publish yourself. Yeah. Which I think the most fun will come from that, from having different generations of people who understand YouTube better or worse, mm. and either know what to come across or even how to edit stuff properly. Yeah. Which, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Watch this space. Uh, yeah, but well, thanks for listening. If you have your bloody mentalist, <laughs> but I just thought before we get called racists and sort of Frankenstein's out of town, um, not that anyone here. <laughs> it's not, not that anyone here is going to call us out on that. Uh, no. or Pot even, or black, or even watch it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it a bit because we thought a lot about that. There's a lot of little bits and stuff in it that like that painting took me a long time mm. and it's in shot for <laughs> 15 seconds but again I think that's part of the process that I'm sure anyone that's made any kind of film or anything of the sort has ever gone through mm. is that you do spend a lot of time well, in any form of work you spend a lot of time on stuff and sometimes it just doesn't make the cut and that's just the way yeah it that's goes. true um, but I'm yeah, like I say, I'm proud of it, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it if you watched it. Yeah, uh, thank you. Goodbye. Check thank out. you. Yeah, I'll put a link in the video for the actual thing. Oh, listen to the Tom and Jack podcast. Subscribe. Yeah, because that's what that's what we, we do. It's our day, not job. We're generally. It's, are we funnier on that? 
Well, I think this is the most sincere I've talked in 17 years. Mm. Um, I can I see know. it on your face. You look weathered. <laughs> I took off my glasses at one point. Well, you you did, see that? Yeah. It was intense. We were um, like, um... I think we're... I think that's more the sort of thing we can do when we're actually trying to be funny. Not mm. just speaking crap. But maybe you'll like it, so... Who knows? Download the rest of them. <laughs> Listen to find out. Yeah. 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 Although this is a podcast, so I don't know why we're saying that. Don't know. Oh, fuck. Right, we're shit, going, we're going we are genuinely going to the pub to celebrate. Uh, goodbye. Cheers. Bye.